We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode 284 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. And again, on February 1st, not 2022, but 2023, the GOAT hangs him up. Tom Brady uh, calling it a career in an emotional Instagram, social media post, some tears in his eyes. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't have a little lump in my throat as well. We'll get to Brady's retirement part two, a little look maybe at the NFC landscape beyond Brady. We're going to talk title games, recap what we saw on Championship Sunday. Coaching hires already coming down the pipe. This is a golf podcast, so we will talk PGA show. We will talk upcoming majors, Matt's upcoming golf experiences, because the guy apparently just has a residency at Pebble Beach these days. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how are you? You almost called me Matt Roney. How many we've been doing this for 285 episodes? You've mispronounced my name. What about how about gotta that? Keep, gotta keep you on your toes. I, I do appreciate that. Sometimes I need to be brought down a peg. You say I'm going to Pebble and then you mispronounce my name. I think it's a Pat nice Mooney. gift. It's, Pat a, it's Mooney, how are you? I'm doing lovely. Um, I don't don't get me wrong, like I was bummed by the Brady news this morning, but I think last year when it happened and he made the announcement, like I think I got my like sadness out then. If that makes sense, like I still wish mm-hmm. he was coming back next year because I think the league's better when Tom Brady's in it, and I still like watching Tom Brady. But like my, I feel like I felt all that emotion last year and went through it, and I can't really get up for that again, again. If that makes sense, not that I'm not upset, but like I feel like I got out, like I, we I did the, we did the and I went through this already. Yeah, we like, did the retrospective, the raw emotion already purged a little bit. Um, I'm just taken back. I'm surprised by this. I thought that I am too. I, I thought there's one more year for sure. And I know we keep having that conversation of, Oh, it can't end that way. It can't end that way. This and that. Um, it can't end that way. It can't like, it should have ended after he won the Super Bowl in Tampa, but that would have maybe been a disservice to all that Tampa did to get him there to only give them one year. I understand that. So he gives them a second year. He obviously wants a third year because of the way last year ended. And I just don't know that, um, I don't think that this is a in any way uh, admission of his limitation physically or within this game. I mean, you still saw him slinging the rock this season. They were not good, but it's because they were one-dimensional, and that one dimension was Brady having to pass the ball over the field. And he still took a team to the playoffs, albeit in the worst division in the in football, but still took a team to the playoffs, still rallied drives late in the season when he needed to. Um I think that Tom Brady, if he wanted to, obviously could be a starting quarterback in the NFL for a couple more years. But it's just like, what's what's left for me is probably the question he had to ask himself. And it probably got to the point where it's run his, its course in Tampa. Do I want to be remembered as the guy who went to two, three, four teams beyond my franchise that I was with for what I'll be remembered as a New England Patriot? It's like, no, this was the... Let me prove I can do it elsewhere. I did it elsewhere. Do I really want a lily pad somewhere else now? And I think the answer to that was no. Yeah. I, I The only reason this co- – I mean, I didn't think he was going to want to go out that way just with – basically with, with all the stuff that went down with his family, I thought, you know, he'd want to play one more year and just kind of like have one year of normalcy because I think that with how this year ended and obviously missing time during camp and, and uh, the, the personal time, like there was clearly – off-field things that we then found out to be, you know, the the relationship issues with his wife and his family. Like this season was filled with distractions for him. And I mm-hmm. thought that part of him might be not only would he not want to go out, you know, with the losing record, not necessarily his fault, but because, you know, bad team, poor coaching job. But like, I don't know if he was going to want to go out knowing that his last year had all these off-field distractions. I thought that, you know, deep down, he would be a guy who would want to go all in for one year when clearly – he would probably even admit to you he wasn't all in at times last year because he couldn't be because he had, you know, things going on with his family. And obviously family goes before football. Um, I'm also a little bit surprised that with the very wide opening, open opening or or QB job in San Francisco, that's there with Brock Purdy's UCL with Trey Lance coming off a tourney ACL with that being Tom Brady's home where broken ankle, even worse. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I thought it was an ACL, but 
you don't know when either of those are going to be right or if they're going to be right. And Brock Purdy already didn't have the strongest arm. And I know people come back from that, but whatever, like that's a torn UCL for a rookie. Um, That seemed like a logical fit for me because like, I mean, he's going home. They have the best running game in football. They have the best offensive line in football or one of them. They have one of the best defenses in football. They have a versatile group of weapons that really just, they do what Tom Brady's offense. Like Tom Brady was never, except with the exception of one year with Randy Moss, like he was never the guy that's just throwing the ball deep all the time. He was going to beat you by, you know, death by a thousand cuts. And that's what the Niners offense does so well. That seemed like just the perfect landing spot for him, but He's good. He won seven rings. He owes nobody anything, and he's he's set. He's content, so good on him. Yeah, I was trying to kind of flesh out the San Francisco thing a couple of weeks ago when we were thinking about logical landing spots where it sort of narrowed down to uh, Vegas, Miami, San Francisco. And San Francisco makes sense in, in sort of the framework of what you said there. But also, I think that we've sort of seen it, and the NFC Championship game was a reflection of it. Like, Kyle Shanahan's system – you want a guy who will fit the system and not a guy that you need to fit the system to. And I think the Purdy Garoppolo archetype of short intermediate pass, get the ball out, quick play fakes is exactly that Brady Brady has become that sort of time to throw quickened. um, But I just don't know that. I don't know. Not to say that he's difficult or that Shanahan wouldn't have wanted to work with him, but what would that collaborative effort have looked like? And mm-hmm. I'm sure Tom really weighed all of this, obviously, in, in making his ultimate decision. And uh, the game beyond him will, will be missing something that we've had for the last 22 years. But as you said, uh, he's he's all good on all fronts. And it sort of leaves a, a power vacuum that we've already seen here in the NFC, Matt. I know Jalen Hurts, young, talented, gifted. Mm-hmm. Beyond him, who's the best quarterback in the NFC to you? Man, that is a great question. Um, Take Rodgers out of the geez. equation, assuming he's going to be a New York Jet. I'm, I'm looking. I'm literally looking. It's, Justin yeah, Fields I, could I, be next year. Just saying that. I'm just saying if, that. Right. I'm putting that out there. Next year, and, and then, I don't think that's crazy. That I know we're homers, but like – Seeing what Jalen Hurts did this year and the strides that he took forward, Jalen Hurts is not the runner or the physical force that Justin Fields is. If Justin Fields can take those strides forward in the passing game that Jalen Hurts did this year, like that's a that's a more complete quarterback or yeah. a more uh, a more dynamic quarterback than even the guy who was the MVP favorite through ten weeks this year. So I don't think that's crazy to say, but you have like a bunch of you have a bunch of guys who can get you to the playoffs, but can they win the big one? I mean, it's Matt Dak. Stafford when he's healthy, that's, but like that, we don't know if Matt question. Stafford's going to be healthy. Like uh, You he, got Stafford if he's healthy. You got Daniel Jones. You got who knows who Washington's quarterback's going to be. Uh, Jared Goff's just a guy. Green mm-hmm. Bay, who knows who their quarterback's going to be. Kirk Cousins is just a guy at a high level. Uh, Atlanta's got a, a young buck in Desmond Ritter. Carolina, who knows? New Orleans, who knows? Tampa, who knows? Arizona, injured quarterback with a big contract. You know what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A., as you said, Stafford, question mark. San Francisco, Purdy, Lance, we don't know. who knows? Geno in Seattle. And, you know, and, if you I mean, look at the draft, That's too. the NFC. If you look at the draft, too, obviously the Bears are at one right now, but look at who they're trading back to. They're trading back to three more AFC teams. Yeah. In all likely, I mean, obviously the Panthers could come up and make a move, but right now the, the three most logical teams to trade up are the uh, Raiders, the Colts, and the Texans. So three more teams out in the AFC. Like, you know what I it guess reminds me? The Seahawks me? could, but the Seahawks probably extend Geno. What does this remind you of? This it might be a little bit of a stretch, but like Western Conference, Eastern Conference, NBA, like five years ago, where mm-hmm. LeBron in Cleveland was the o- really the only thing in the East. It was like yeah. pencil them in. Is it going to be the Warriors, the Clippers? Um, this, these were Lakers down years. Who else was contending in the in the West? Uh, but it was like it was yeah. like a super jam packed Western Conference with all this talent Rockets. and just LeBron on the other side. Rockets. Um, like who's going to be LeBron, I guess is my question. Who's going to be the guy who leads his team to multiple Super Bowls over the next five years because the NFC is just at a deficit of quarterback talent. But then there's also the case study that we're seeing here in San Francisco where I will give Brock Purdy his credit for what he accomplished this season, but that looked to be 
that looked to be a run game and a defense that led that team forward. So I don't think it's out of the question to have a team with a run game and a defense go deep. I mean, Philadelphia, not to discredit what Jalen Hurts has done in the past game, but historic rushing team this season and a really good defense. I think in the NFC, like, it allows you a little bit more um, it allows you a little bit more flexibility in how you win. Whereas in the AFC, there's gonna be way more quarterback duels. You better have the guy who can throw for three fifty. Yeah. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's it's just it's two very like just different conferences at this time. But I just can't keep getting I can't get my head off how even like more diving into this, how great of an opportunity that is there for the bears right now and i know this isn't i know it's not necessarily right now but like i keep coming back to it and it's like man there's just a window there and like the eagles are a very very good football team but like they're gettable at times too and they make some mistakes here and there and like they had multiple chances to put san francisco away early and didn't until you know they finally did because the the quarterback situation got so bad like there's gonna be chances if the bears just don't screw this up and The amount of Just, the amount of Justin Fields hype films that I bought, like right before I answered your call, I was watching uh, a, another Justin Fields. I am the hero. I am the villain with yeah. the with the future TikTok song. By uh, I'm not going to rap on the podcast, but you know the let's hear it. But, yeah, I know exactly. What, yeah. But, um, that they're putting behind everything, and I got I got the chills thinking about my guy, but. Um, they just got to get it right. They got to, you got to go 10 for 10 on your next 10. And uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't be an exciting off season. If we do want to tie this into the bears here, one less quarterback in the supply and the demand has only increased. So that, Anybody hit, want Nathan that, Peterman? Num- that number one, um, maybe, maybe it's a full teardown in Tampa. Mike Evans for a if, third. If it is, uh, I would be on the phone with them today already. Like yeah. I'm, even if they haven't announced it, I'm, I'm making phone calls because that is a team that probably does need a full teardown. They're, they're in cap hell for the most part. I know Brady coming off the books helps them a bit, but like they still got a lot of old money tied up in old bad contracts and the reset button makes sense. And man, Justin Fields there being deep a, balls to Mike Evans seems like a really, really good fit. I can see there being a mutual parting of ways with Todd Bowles in the not too distant future, too. I'm not sure yeah, that um they that see him a as a long term answer at head coach. But uh it has been a twenty-three year Hall of Fame, all time, nobody better to do it uh, career. And we've been really, really fortunate to watch it. I mean, you think back to being kids in our early teens and even even before that and saying you know here's the dynasty it's the patriots every year all we're getting tired of this it's brady this it's brady that and here we are another 15 years later a whole nother hall of fame career later um the longevity the success the maintenance of greatness at that level has been truly admirable and i I think that not to be maudlin but uh Tom Brady deserves thanks from everybody who's watched this game and and been privileged to watch him do what he's done at the level that he's done it. Yeah, I mean, whether you like him or whether you root against him, it's you can't deny he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen play. And we, I mean, fortunately for us, like this was the entire like I don't want to say prime of my football watching life, but like what you early on that? in our. No, I have no, I mean, physically, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, growing up, like the, the Brady Super Just Bowls were some kid, of the first. Being a fan. Yeah, like the Brady Super Bowls were some of the first that I like vividly remember. Like, obviously, I remember yep. some before that, like, vividly remember watching. Like, I remember the Patriots Rams one and being like, what, like, the Rams are going to kill them. Like, why is this game even close? They should be when it was, you know, and to be able to do that through, you know, now is wildly unthinkable. And it's seven Super Bowls in that span. Unbelievable, and we will probably never see it again because as good as Patrick yeah. Mahomes is, like he is, Patrick Mahomes is more talented than any quarterback I've ever seen play football, and he's still. I mean, he's got one in how many years? Like, can he go on a run? Yeah, but like we see it every year. They look like the team that's going to do it, and they get knocked off every year but one. Like it's it's wild how difficult this is to do, and what he well, did I think that's, is. I think that's the uh, the perfect segue here. Now, if you're saying. 
Patrick Mahomes plays 23 seasons, which would mean he's in year uh, six of his career, five as a starter right now. So let's just call it five. That means he's got, what, 17 seasons left? Is that bad math? He's no, it's 18, a, we're not a math pod. We, we he's always got claim 18, to not be a math pod. He's got 18 seasons left to win six, so he's got to win at the exact rate Brady did every third year. Um, is it out of the question? No, but again, I hearken back to that head-to-head Super Bowl um, being the most the deciding factor, the most important day in in quarterback history. Uh, it might be like a, we might find ourselves in like a LeBron um jordan thing where mahomes ends up going to the same number but winning less but he's got different numbers but like you're talking about tom brady who's got ninety thousand passing yards nearly holds that record holds the touchdown record holds the wins record holds the starts record holds the super bowl rings record holds just about every record now will mahomes touch some of those get close to some of those will that be something we see if he maintains his level, I don't see why not. We can have yeah. that conversation in 15, 20 years. But um, what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now needs to be celebrated as well because in his fifth year as a starter, he's been to five AFC championship games. He's now going to three Super Bowls. Conceivably, he'll have won two NFL MVP awards and could be looking at a second Super Bowl MVP award this year if they pull off the win. I mean, he, yeah. he could retire today and have a have a gold jacket waiting for him as well. Let's dive into what we saw on Championship Sunday because it was a gutsy effort on one and a half legs. Um, I know much of the talk immediately after that game was about the refereeing and a lot of it should have been. Uh, you could go ticky-tack hold calls. You could go blocks in the back. You could go early lean towards Cincinnati, late lean towards Kansas City. You could go roughing the – not roughing the passer, but um, unnecessary roughness yeah. out of bounds, which I think in any scenario, any quarterback, the way that that looked, I understand the point in the game. It's almost deciding the game, but that's a hard one not to flag. What was your biggest takeaway here from the AFC title game? Because I think some of that officiating overshadowed what was a, a career night for Patrick Mahomes. 350-plus on one-and-a-half legs, loses almost every one of his receivers, and still gets his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like I'm, I'm bummed that the officiating was that inconsistent. And I, I guess it was consistent. It was just kind of consistently bad throughout. Like I, I'm, I'm upset that that is what's kind of – I mean, as we get farther away from it, people remember it more for the game it was. But right now, in the immediate reaction, like all people want to talk about is how bad the officiating was. The officiating was pretty bad on both sides, honestly. Both teams benefited from certain calls at certain points. I don't like the the flag throw at the end there to to put them right in field goal range. I mean, I understand why it was thrown, but I also think he had a, a linebacker running full speed who just kind of extended his arms. I didn't think it was like a vicious hit or anything. But wait, again, wait, 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 wait. What you're you're in the don't throw that flag. No, 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 no. no. I, I under I completely understand why it was thrown. I'm more upset that it was. I I'm more upset that that's how the game got settled. If that makes sense. I would have loved to seen Harrison Butker take a swing from 60. That would have been higher drama than from 45. Yeah. I agree with you there. Because you knew it was in from 45. The greatest quarterback in the game approaching his third step out of bounds. I don't yeah. care how forcible the action is behind him. Don't touch the guy. Yeah, no, and the I totally agree. You, don't give the them the chance that you to make crash, the That you both crash into the foot of the bench is usually a telltale sign that the contact happened too late. Yeah, it's it's it's, I mean, you here preach to you, you know, from day one playing football to the day you retire, don't give refs a chance to make the call. And they gave chance, they gave the refs a chance to make the call. And it was, you know, by the root, by the book, it was the right call. It was out of bounds. And it, unfortunately, like that's how the game was settled. It just like, man, I wish that like, I wish we got to see those, like one of those two quarter, I mean, Mahomes made plays down the field, but I just wish it wasn't, you know, here's not a 60 yard field goal, but the penalty here's 45. I just, I, I was, an unfortunate way to end a really, really unbelievable football game uh, between the next two, you know, uh, it's, it's fitting that on the day Brady retires, we're talking about probably the next Brady Manning esque quarterback playoff rivalry. Yes. And I think that just in a level of uh, success that those two guys have and are going to have, you can make the comparison, but I think the comparison stops there because it was like the, because remember Manning never could, Manning was the one with all the regular season accolades and the MVPs. Yeah. Brady was the one. To, so there's the parallels just aren't there. Um, oh, yeah, I, I know. Just in terms of the two best of this generation and how exactly. often we're going to see him play. 
and we're very lucky that 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 appears to be the case. I mean, Cincinnati, I understand they retooled the offensive line and it looked better in the middle of the season, but the same issues that plagued them last year are the same issues keeping them from going to a Super Bowl this year. They, they got to figure something out up front for Burrow. Uh, he's I mean, not, and he it's showed he's tough more, though because they they kind of did, and then you know towards the end of the season, and like they just got like they were down three starters to injury. Like, I mean, they went out and they addressed it, and it got better. Like you can only do so. Like it's it's tough to bring in seven new offensive linemen, three of which are going to be you know top tier backups you trust in that situation. And okay, let me like, say they help. Go ahead. I don't care what group of five is getting rolled out there, whether it's all twos, whether it's a smattering of ones and twos, whether it's someone who got called up from the P squad. Yeah. We can't have our franchise quarterback sacked four times in the first half. Yeah, that's fair. You can't. That's the, 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 the standard for professional play. And I understand, and I've made the case on this podcast before that defensive evolution in terms of the athletes is happening at a far faster rate than the evolution of the offensive tackle and i think Mm -hmm. that's again you're seeing guys bend edges and you're seeing pressure from the middle with a guy like chris jones like which makes trent williams even more of a freak that's a lot to deal with i get that that's a lot to deal with but when your Mm -hmm. job is to keep that guy upright and you know that if you do you win the football game i need i I need a cleaner pocket than than what we got and it would have been the sack number, I think, ended at six, two in the second half, but it would have been so much higher if Burrow didn't for the, the first, first quarter. Essentially. The, yeah. But this, no, I'm saying the second half, they got into oh, okay. the quick game. He was getting it out. He was taken off. He realized oh, yeah, I, don't I, I was have more, a pocket to throw from. Gotcha. I was um, saying, my, yeah, I was playing the first quarter was just awful. I think they had like three or two or three sacks on that first drive alone. And some, yeah, at one point, so. he was sacked more times than he had made completions. And um, but yes, Joe Burrow, it, Joe Burrow with the ball in two and a half minutes goes and gets the sticks on third and 16 or whatever it was, second and 16, rushes for it. And then your next set of downs, he's sacked to give the ball away. Then you, mm-hmm. you get a flat, you get a flat punt, a nice return, a penalty, a kick, and there's your ball game. You can't gift elite teams those sorts of situations. And I mean, it's being talked about a little bit, but I don't think it's being talked about enough. You can't give Sky more that good look of a punt return. Like you just can't. That can't be a, a you know a low punt directly at him. You have to directionally kick that. You have to get more air under it. You have to give your gunners time to get down there because I mean that was that punt was terrible and it gave Sky more the opportunity to make a run back. Uh, I forget how I phrased it, but speaking of elite, it was elite wordplay in in my highlight read. Um, it was something along the lines of I forget what's what's the punter's name. He's got a he's got a funky name. Uh, I don't Linden remember something. But I said uh, hits a flat one to Sky more needed to Sky it more or something like that. It was, that's it was, a great. It, that's that's yeah. Uh, it came off came off way clever. cleaner in the highlight, but that's uh, a big one. Needed Sky more. Needed more something like that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great duel. I hope we get countless more between those two on the AFC side. Um, coming out of it. It's uh, it's it's going to be a really really fun watch this Super Bowl in terms of what these two offenses try and do, and I think that uh, Kansas City maybe underappreciated is the run game in Isaiah Pacheco, but we know what makes them go. Mm-hmm. You saw him to MVS. You saw him on the money to Pringle the on that ball to M- the ball to MVS. I believe it was towards the end of the first half for the touchdown where it looked like he was sacked, kind of stepped up in the pocket and just fired one. Like one leg ripped it. It was like, how? Like, how do you yeah. have that much zip on the football on one good leg? And you, uh, just awesome. Yeah. Also, um, the Bears should trade for T. Higgins to bring this back to the Bears. Just figure it out. I'm, I don't care I'm what right you there do. With it. Figure Give it me out. Tea. Give I love me T. We're talking about T. We're talking about Mike Evans. Either one. I'd prefer T, but length. Give me length. Length and length. Vertical length. Um, Here's to hoping the Chiefs win on on Super Bowl Sunday, just so we get this rematch as our Thursday night opener next year. Chiefs Bengals. That would be fantastic. I would love that. Um, Let's get to the NFC side here. I'm not sure how much needs to be said about the game because it wasn't much of a game. Brock Purdy blows his elbow out uh, because Kyle Shanahan schemed up a tight end on one of the best pass rushers in the game at Hassan Reddick, um, and he got home. He did. Purdy's elbow goes. Uh, then we get to Josh Johnson. Then at some points we get to Christian McCaffrey. Then we get back to uh, Brock Purdy, but 
unable to throw the ball forward because uh, later testing revealed a complete tear of his UCL. Just a weird game, and it was sort of the season that like it's this San Francisco team that no matter who's out there is effective and wins football games, and you can only go through so many quarterbacks. Uh, we had a mm-hmm. our, our research team did some really good work on teams to to play four quarterbacks teams. They have four different quarterbacks appear this season and then their corresponding records. And San Francisco was the only team that had a record that was anywhere near. They were 15 and five or whatever it was total. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They won the two playoff games. Um, No, what about 15 and five, whatever the record was, they had an outstanding record this season. No other team had more than seven wins who started four quarterbacks. And uh, it's it's a credit to Kyle Shanahan. It's a credit to the system. It's a credit to the players in the system. But you can only you can only run out of bullets so many times, and they finally did. Yeah, I mean it's 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 unfortunate. Like it, it's just a team that cannot catch a break, and like they finally get everybody else healthy, and then this is what happens to them in the NFC Championship game. And Purdy wasn't off to the the greatest of starts, but I mean he didn't get off the greatest of starts in Seattle either. But like, even after Purdy went down, like the defense and like the running game kept them in the foot. Like th- the game wasn't over really until the, ba- the really bad turnover kind of towards halftime. And I know Philly kind of put it away or made it a two score snap. game going to half. Was, but yeah. yeah, they scored but like, two touchdowns in ninety seconds before the half. It was Philly two minutes was, and thirty seconds left in the half. It was tied at seven until that point. Like Christian McCaffrey scores that touchdown, and it's got like. What is Philly doing? How have they not put them away yet? Like San Francisco's defense is still so, so good. The offense, like if they could just catch a little bit of injury luck, and I know part of that is probably because they're a very physical football team and, you know, injuries happen. They probably practice a little bit harder. But like, my God, like at some point, the injury luck not even has to go in their favor, but doesn't have to, it has to not completely screw them because that's like, I'm not saying they're going to win this game, but they were going to be right there with it. Like it's not like Philly was totally in control of this game. It wasn't until they got all the momentum going into halftime. Like even after all the injuries, the Niners were right there with Josh Johnson and that's what happens. Yeah. I think that, uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's a, it's just a reflection of who they are in that building. And, um, this is two years removed from Robert Sala leaving that defense. The standard remains. D'Amico Ryan's now going to Houston. We'll see if the standard remains. I assume it will. Uh, they do have some some pieces to either lock in or move on from. I know Jimmy Ward on the outside is a free agent now, but you have the core tenants of an elite defense, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of who's going to be that quarterback week one, and it's eerily similar to the situation last year where they draft Trey Lance two years prior, and it's like, all right, it's time to move on to Trey, but um, Jimmy, that we don't have a trade partner for Jimmy. Jimmy's having a shoulder surgery, so we can't really find a landing spot. Yeah. Um, now you got Brock Purdy, who conceivably did enough to be the starter, despite the fact that you spent all that capital on an FCS quarterback who still needs looks because I don't believe uh, what uh, how many – 20 snaps of NFL football or whatever yeah. take, or 20 passes of NFL football is enough to gauge whether or not he's your quarterback. It's a tough situation at the quarterback position. So I, I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out. Uh, nothing would surprise me there, but um, it, it thankfully the timetable on Purdy's elbow, I guess is six months because it's different than a pitcher. It's like not a complete reconstruction. It's more of like a, I don't know. Whatever. I was reading I up it's on it. It's like, it's not like they need a new one or something or a placement. Yeah. It's a reconstruction. I don't. I don't know. It's, I don't you got another quarterback going under body. the knife with the. You have another quarterback going under the knife with the question mark of who's going to be the starter next season. So, uh, I'd expect San Francisco to be there divisional weekend, if not conference championship weekend next year. It'd be silly to think they wouldn't be able to withstand some of the same attrition that they've withstood this yeah. year. But uh, hell of a season comes to a close against a better Eagles team that. Hasn't been tried yet, Matt, in the playoffs and only was tried a couple times during the regular season with Jalen Hurts as their starter. Um, I, I don't know if that gives you any pause going into the Super Bowl, but 69 to 14, I believe, is their current uh, scoring differential in the playoffs. I think they're going to get a better swing out of the Chiefs. How do you how prepared do you think they are for this moment? Um, I, th- I mean, I think they're. It's tough for me because, like you said, like I know they've played two playoff games, but like they really have not been tested. And I mean, I think they, 
they think they're prepared as they can be, but like, this is going to be a whole different animal than really they've seen all season. Like their schedule and it's, you can only play the teams put in front of you, but their schedule throughout the regular season really wasn't that difficult. There's not really one point where they really had this big challenge. Their big challenge was supposed to be San Francisco. And that game was close for a little bit until San Francisco. Like, I don't know how prepared they are for this moment. I think we'll find out early, but like, this is, Super Bowl aside, like not not just if even this was a normal game, like this is by far the most difficult test they're going to have to face. It's it's the best quarterback, obviously. The offensive room is probably going to get a little healthier for Kansas City. Like defensively, we saw what that the interior of that Chiefs defensive line can do with also with Frank Clark on the outside. Like it, it's not maybe not quite San Francisco good, but it's really good too. Like they're going to have a lot to deal with, and I'm. I'm a little bit surprised you're seeing Philly as the favorite. I think they're like one and a half point favorites right now. I'm a little bit surprised by that simply because I'm just not sure like Philly has really, really, really had to get up for this, like the moment for an entire game. Yeah. Um, I think the deciding factor in the Super Bowl will be Philly's run game, its effectiveness and, and, the Chiefs' ability to slow that run, especially in run-pass option, especially mm-hmm. in those read looks that they love to get to and put defensive ends in hell. Um, I do give Philly the edge here. I think they're the more complete team, but Patrick Mahomes, that team, that coach with two weeks to prepare, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs come out and, and blow the doors off of me. Like, I, There's no outcome of this Super Bowl that would surprise me. I could see a blowout either way. I could see a close game. It's just all about the flow of the game and the plays that are made within that flow. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And that's honestly it's similar to the way I thought about the San Francisco Eagles game. Like, you could have told me any result was going to happen from there. Obviously, before the injuries happened, I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't totally be surprised. I'd be surprised if the Chiefs got ran out of the building. Um, that would surprise me a little bit. But, like, if you told me the Eagles won by two touchdowns and just kind of controlled the football game, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because that's – They've been that dominant all year, but this is just, you know, this is the best team that they're going to have gone up against. And I'm not sure it's particularly close. San Francisco was up there, but one, we saw what San Francisco did to Kansas City did to San Francisco earlier this year. And two, obviously San Francisco was playing without a quarterback for most of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, tr- I'm just, I will, I, I want to get to it. This, this Sunday is always so annoying and it's so sad. Like where is football? Well, right, you get the Pro Bowl here? games. You got the Pro yeah, Bowl Tyler games. Huntley. <laughs> Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. I think he's a free agent this year too, so his, his agent should really try and push that one. So that's it. February twelfth, uh, it all comes to a head. Eagles and the Chiefs be out there in AZ having a heck of a time from uh, waste management. We are a golf podcast. I will have plenty of uh, golf recap from what promises to be a wild week out in the desert for the kid. Got to got to keep the pipes fresh. A lot of tea, a lot of honey. Mm-hmm. Um, so cough drops. My, Get some cough drops too. It's just my personal strife. I, we yeah. gotta, you know, we really gotta combat things. We gotta, we gotta come at this from all angles. Um, but uh, should be a good one between the Chiefs and the Eagles. We'll have a uh, full Super Bowl recap. We will also have your full re- uh, preview, uh, including picks next week. We are not going to give you any picks this week because wouldn't you have it? Both of the boys sitting at twelve and eight, profitable on the season. Uh, I've gone two and zero since we've last spoken. Matt's gone one and one, which puts us in a dead heat for the dozen golf balls. We are going to give you a Super Bowl pick that's either side or total, and we will also back that up with a prop play. If we tie, we'll figure it out. But um, here's here's to the best man winning, Matt Rooney, and those picks will be coming to you at some point next week. Uh, probably a, a, an abridged pod, as I will be out in the desert um, with some waste management coverage, but uh, that's coming to your way. Uh, those picks next week on Moose and Runes 285, 285. Uh, Matt, Matt, with that said, a uh, little, little coaching hire recap here. D'Amico Ryan's going to go back, coach the team that he used to play for after a couple really successful seasons calling the defense for the 49ers. Sean Payton going to cost you a first and some others, but uh, he is your new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Do either of those hires move the needle for you? Because I know there's an obvious answer to that question, but I posed questions of that question, or I guess of that answer uh, last week. Like, is Sean Payton the Sean Payton from a decade ago, is he going to be able to take Russell Wilson and that team to another level? Or are we again, sort of selling ourselves a storyline the way we did with Russ joining and being the cure all for Denver, man, 
it's weird. Like I, I wanted to see Sean Payton back, but I wanted to see him in a much better spot. And for me, I, we won't know what he gets paid unless it somehow leaks, but like the Denver thing seems like a money grab more because that's as good as the defense is like, you're really banking that Russell Wilson isn't washed. And from what we've seen, he looks pretty washed. And I know Sean Payton has had success with an older quarterback whose arm has, you know, said, you know, at the time, wasn't nearly as strong anymore. Obviously Drew Brees' arm strength deteriorated over time, but like, I don't know, man, like that's a really bad spot and they don't obviously have a first round pick this year. The defense is really good, but like the quarterback's not, they might be trading Jerry Judy or maybe they aren't. Who knows? Like that one to me seems like a little bit of a money grab. I would have thought, you know, Chargers would have made a lot of sense, but obviously they held on to Brandon Staley. I thought holding out one more year and waiting till next year when you're out of the Saints contract and can go somewhere without picks is probably even better. Um, but man, I'm I, I that one is like okay, like I guess we'll see. But yeah, flopping wouldn't really surprise me there because, like I said, I thought there were better, more logical spots for him if not this year than next year. But this one, acting on that one now, seems like he got that Walmart money and was like, I'm, yeah, you know what? Okay. I can't really, and you know, I can't blame him, but like, no, that, not at all. It seems like to me and D'Amico Ryan's, I love how he got himself a six year deal because he's like, you guys just fired two first year head coaches in back to back years. You are giving me a lot of insurance. Um, the thing with Peyton that gets me is just this idea that, I don't know. Look at the situation that he did not want to be a part of in new Orleans. Yeah. It seems similar. Or, it was a rebuild. I guess the difference here is you do have a quarterback who we've known to be proven prior to his recent struggles. I, I just don't know. Like to your, I guess I'm questioning your point of like better situation. What was of the open jobs? What was the most ready to make a push right now opening? Um, well, in all honesty, I think the best job would have probably come next year uh, for me. I again, I. You I get it, but you're also then me. you're also then battling against a different pool of potential Carolina. coaches. You're battling against a different um, perception of your uh, viability as a head coach. With another year having gone by, Carolina was the top. Carolina, you have you're obviously in a very winnable division, and now that Tom's gone, it's become even more winnable. Uh, yeah. You have a team with you know pretty solid young defense and some good pieces there, and you played their best football down, you know, down the uh, stretch of the season there, almost got themselves to the playoffs. You don't have the quarterback, but you have a guy in San- I mean, you have a number nine pick that you could possibly use to trade up for a quarterback or go ahead, get yourself another really good football player and run it back one more year with Sam Darnold and try and, you know, figure out the quarterback thing on the fly. Um, you, you have a DJ Moore, you have a running game that towards the end of the year really found its, its footing that, and you have an owner that's uh, not Walton rich, but has a whole lot of money that was, willing to spend some that for me would have been the most ready to win now and like can kind of jump in and have immediate success because now you're going into a division with Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs and they're going to win that division every year for the next, they're going to win it. Like the Patriots used to win it in the East. Um, you have a Vegas team seven, that seven you know, straight that, right now, I believe. Yeah. And that, that doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. You have a chargers team that while we don't know what they are necessarily, like they've, they went to the playoffs this year. They're a team with a very high ceiling. Well, albeit they don't hit that ceiling very often, but they're a very tough out. And you have a Raiders team that's, I mean, looking for a new quarterback, but if, if they draft CJ Stroud at seven and he turns out to be that dude, that's a team that's going to be really tough to beat as well. So I, I don't know. It's a very interesting decision for me, um, but he got a lot of money and I mean, you can win in Denver. We've seen it before, like Peyton Manning, being older, coming in with a great defense and a very good head coach. I guess John Fox at the time was a good head coach. Um, <laughs> it can happen, but I'm I'm just skeptical of the of this working, just because you're going into a gauntlet of a division without really a sure thing at quarterback or even close to it. Yep. Uh, respect to uh, respect to the man for getting his money. Peyton was looking for that big time contract. Yeah. It was reported somewhere between twenty and twenty five. Uh, was his asking price? Wow. Um, I mean, I, be- I know we don't get these numbers concrete, but I think Sean McVay is like a fifteen million dollar head coach. Bill Belichick is rumored to be in that twenty million dollar range. It sounds like yeah. John Payton is the highest paid head coach in the NFL right now. I yeah, guess if he's I'm not saying. the highest, he's at Belichick level. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Get, that's you're right. Um, but 
I mean, good for him. Uh, I'm interested to see it. I like Sean Payton. I, I like, I do hope it works out. I'm just very skeptical. I think there were other options that made a whole lot more sense. That would have been a much easier landing for him to, to kind of re-get his footing and have immediate success. Uh, Matt, I think that about does it for our recap here of uh, both the coaching carousel and championship Sunday. Only one more game to get to here on the mm-hmm. NFL slate. It's been another successful season alongside your pal. Uh, you got anything else on on that front? I know you wanted to talk a little golf. Yeah, you I wanted just... to get into a little little PGA show experience. I mean, yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you about that. Um, I, I I mean, I was not able to watch mu- much of it, but I saw via your wow, social media we. I mean, Joe, come on. We, the the Thanks, kids, dude. you know, I'm a working man. I mean, I'm a working man. Um, but you. I did. I, I saw some social stuff. Don't get me wrong. And I was asking you questions about it. But I saw Tom Watson. I saw Jim Furyk. Like, I don't know. Give me, give me an overall review of of you know the interviews. You know, maybe a favorite. Maybe a. I'm not going to ask you for a least favorite because that would be not a good thing to say. Give me I a favorite interview. Give me a couple favorite moments. Like, come on. Give me, give me something. Um, Tell me about the week. It looked awesome. I had some great interviews, whether it be with, uh, you know, heads of companies, the head of the PGA of America sat down with the head of championships for the PGA of America, who essentially chooses where the pins are at the PGA and at home Ryder Cup events. He works in concert with the captains to pin those areas. So that was a really interesting one. Um, but Davis Love Third and, uh, and Jim Furyk were both just unbelievable like engaging we're willing to talk about the past we're willing to talk about the present maybe their future in the game as mm-hmm. captains at, on the champions tour all of that um just so gracious in, in their in the time that they gave us and the answers that they gave us as well because they were um very thoughtful where you know they're there pushing product too they're there being representatives of the pga of america kind of doing the rounds but uh we got about 20 minutes with both of them. They were awesome. Tom Watson was a great retrospective to history. Uh, played it a little bit more. Uh, he, he answered the questions that he wanted to answer, but mm-hmm. you, you're, you're a legend of that ilk, and you can only be uh, – You have that right. Do. Yeah, you, exactly, exactly. So it was just cool to kind of sit on a desk with Tom Watson. Um, just seeing the golf world in one place, not to say that like I wasn't already uh, optimistic about its future or uh, excited about the game, but um, – it's it's a beautiful thing to see 800 different vendors with there and not a lot of like swing aid BS stuff, but like where the game is going from a technology standpoint and not just clubs and equipment. Like mm-hmm. I, I played nine holes on a simulator that for a second made you think like you were actually playing golf. You know, there's that there's that barrier of reality and augmented reality yeah. and how close you can get those things to one another. But I was playing on a simulator with uh what was it called? I want to get the exact terminology. It was um, dynamic lie. So the whole the whole mat underneath your feet moved. So if I if I sprayed a drive to the right and it's a hanger lie downhill, it's putting my feet above the ball, like it's tilting the whole mat, and you're okay, feeling yeah. like you're hitting yeah. the ball below your feet. Or um, there's multiple different surfaces that you could hit off of. They had this kind of poly sand feel that acted like that grabbed your club the mm-hmm. way sand would um there were more it was a hundred thousand dollar units that they do mostly corporate not a lot of uh, not a lot of them are being put in homes but just like to see little my home one day little exactly to see little moments like that and little things like that that might not be direct cons- to consumer just yet but technology that might be in homes in 10 12 years it was just cool to get that uh that angle of the game and it's always uh you know all the product there and seeing foot joy pushing forward their on course look to a little bit more of a uh of a casual idea um to see scotty cameron talking with people about the putters that we swing it was just cool to be amongst it all i'm not sure that there was a uh, one big moment to take away from it but uh the game's in a good spot, and uh, was there a was, favorite question or favorite answer you got from one of the guys? Like I know, Furyk, um, you were asking a little bit. Favorite, maybe yeah, yeah, Kyle yeah. asked about Tiger. That was that was the moment of, of all moments. It was not my question; it was Kyle's question on the way out. Because uh, I remember, I think it was two years ago after Colin won at, or it might have been last year. Yeah, two years ago after Kyle won. Uh, excuse me, not Kyle. After Colin Morikawa won the Open Championship, 
Um, Tiger called him a more athletic Jim Furyk. Mm-hmm. So Kyle asked Jim, he goes, how do you feel about being called a less athletic Colin Morikawa or however he phrased it? And Jim takes a second and he goes, you know, yeah, I do take that as a compliment because Colin's a great player. He's got every shot in the bag. But also, has anyone ever seen Tiger do anything athletic outside of lifting weights and playing golf? And, like, it was a great point. It's like you've never seen Tiger Woods shoot a basketball. You've never Fair seen point. him throw out a first pitch. You've never seen him throw a football. He goes, and, like, he was saying, he goes, you know, because Jim apparently was, like, a stud high school basketball player, like, had offers. Really? And stuff. He goes, he goes, I would have loved to play uh, Tiger one-on-one back in the day. He goes, right now it wouldn't be fair because, you know, all that he's been through. But um, he goes, yeah, I would have no problem with him back in the day. And then gave an even better answer to that after we put the microphones down. It was the same answer, but maybe with a little bit more colorful language behind yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit more juice. <laughs> it, was, it was, but just really funny. And uh, I think it's a moment that caught a little uh, Twitter traction there in, in golf circles of Jim putting one out in front of Tiger of, hey, is he really that great of an athlete? It was just a fun moment. I love it. I mean, the, the people are asking. That's all. That's yeah. basically the equivalent of what Jim said. People are asking how how great of an athlete is Tiger Woods. I don't know. The, I'm exactly. not asking. People are. Exactly. But I'm, I'm glad you had a lovely weekend down there, buddy. That's yeah, that and, like uh, a, an awesome experience. So that's uh, apologies, folks. That's why we were unable to hit a pod last week. Joe was no, 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 no. You don't put that on me. No, I was gonna then talk about my. I, I couldn't do it. Saturday. We were scheduled. We were scheduled to do a remote. And Matt got busy. Then we were scheduled to do a morning. It, it was it was equal uh, equal responsibility. Well, no, I'm, I'm, not I'm not, I was I, I apologize. I was not trying to pin anything on Joe. <laughs> I'm saying the travel schedules for work complicated things because we did not have the normal time slot, and then wrenches kind of kept getting thrown in. Um, uh, but I feel like we made up for it this week. We had ourselves we a nice. We talked golf. We talked football. We, we talked more football. We talked bears. Talked a little bit of everything. And you will have. I'd say 20 minutes to a half an hour coming to you from the back of the range at the waste management uh, mm-hmm. this coming week where we will have quick Joe will be live preview, commenting on players hitting balls, including picks. Yeah. If you hear a little bit of ambient noise in the background, uh, that's just the boys bopping. But before we let you guys go, um, it's a, you know, I don't want to be uh, too, uh, I don't want to be too sad or too morose about it, but, uh, an era is coming to a close here on the Moose and Runes podcast. Uh, after this football season, we will have a Super Bowl recap podcast for you. So we will, uh, that'll be 285 for preview. 286 is going to be the last episode of the Moose and Runes podcast in its current form. And I say that because I think the future of it is still in flux, figuring out what it's going to be. Um, I'd love for it to keep going, but my involvement in it due to contractual agreements and uh, my future with CBS and some documents that are being signed in the not-too-distant future, um, my weekly involvement on the Moose and Runes podcast is no longer uh, a viable option. And it's it's with that that I just simply say thank you to you, Matt, because you have put so much into this podcast beyond what I have and what I could ever have asked or thought this podcast to be. And um, my experience in this from a personal standpoint, not just getting to talk to my guy for an hour every week, but my experience in this has been one that has made me a better broadcaster. And 285 episodes ago, this was an effort to help find my voice and uh, you know flex those ad-lib muscles. And this podcast has made me such a better broadcaster, and it is responsible for i think a large part of my growth in that aspect of my game on air so a a massive thank you to you matt a massive thank you to the listeners to those who have caught all 284 of them um to those that will continue to listen beyond it being moose and runes whether it's somebody and runes or whether it takes on a different life of its own I, i just wanted to extend that thank you directly to you matt because this has been a blast well, this has been a, a very fun time, and I you know, thank you for to, to you as well. The the weekly commitments and the you know figuring things out on the fly with schedules, and I, I know both of us are, are very very busy. And the collaboration on both of our ends here has has been um, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work, but been you know good work, good fun. And I it's been a nice. I mean, for someone like you that kind of has to be a buttoned up broadcast you know buttoned up broadcaster on the air you know on on tv on cbs on the local news i think this and for me you know working at nbc and for all those years and now obviously a little bit more of a different gig but this has been this has been such a nice like outlet to be a fan and to be a little mm-hmm. meatball-y at some point whereas Definitely. you know in certain professional situations you have to say the right things or have the you know 
the fair opinions where, you know, I just got the call, Matt Nagy, a jackass, and you got to, you know, say <laughs> Mitch Trubisky sucked. Like, it's been a lot of fun doing that. And um, we were both right. We were both right. Um, yeah. Shocker. Both of us are right. And I think it's fitting that this is going to come down to you and me both tied at 12 and eight going into the Super Bowl wow. uh, with our locks of the week picks it. You, you, you couldn't draw it up any better folks. Um, Not to rub it, it in, but in terms of the, we've done this. Is this our fourth year of doing the yeah, golf ball challenge? I think I, I think you won year one. I've won the last two, I believe. Yeah. I think I'm one and two. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I won the that first one. Right. You won the last two. All of them have come down to Super Bowl weekend. If I might, if, uh, I think there's one year where we added a second pick because you yes, were up to a make game or something, but yeah. still we've all been within a game of each other come Super Bowl week. But that's, so that's been, um, uh, very, very fitting because we're both very average to below average gambros that, but this is above <laughs> average. Shout that's, out us. That's not um, true. We do all right. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the future of the podcast, you know, not not totally certain where it goes yet. There will be some sort of iteration at some point in the future. I think um, due to some some new responsibilities at work, uh, some added good responsibilities, good things. Joe obviously having to do his his own thing there with CBS. It's, it's probably a time to take somewhat of a brief hiatus. I'm not saying it's permanently going anywhere, but I think uh, with football season ending and there not much not being not many sports going on. It's probably something where you see it uh, take a little bit of a break, but at, at some point um, in the future, hopefully in the near future, we figure out a little bit of a plan for it, get it back, and then uh, you know maybe once every you know couple months we have a uh, we have guest of the pod, Joe Musso, come back on. I'll let him do the intro to the pod, all that fun stuff. But uh, for now, this has been a lot of fun. Um, it's been. I can't believe it's been 285 episodes. I still remember sitting at my my old apartment in Wicker Park with Rob, associate producer of the pod, the pod Rob, <laughs> uh, putting together the intro, asking him how it sounded. I still remember being at uh, watching a Final Four game with Zach Meyer, where he had a few many too too many beers and said, "You're." being a bitch for not wanting to start this podcast, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> and me being a couple beers deep texted Joe as well and said, we should do this. And then a, a podcast was born. So thank you to Zach Meyer as well. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. It's going to hopefully continue in, in some form in the near future. But for now, uh, let's just, let's have a great Super Bowl. Let's, let's preview a Super Bowl. Let's get some picks, right? And then let's, let's That's recap right. a great Super Bowl. Uh, 284 episodes deep is something to be very proud of here. And that, I believe, is an incorrect number. We're probably closer to 290 when you when you really factor in half episodes. Half episodes, the lost, lost pod. The lost episode, Maybe the I lost finally re released the lost pod. The lost pod. Maybe we, we still have to get some clearance from uh, from the sponsors there. But uh, yeah, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk. To we will, about we'll, the we'll try and do some. We'll try and do some uh, some back uh, some back end dealing to get that one uh, to get that one freed up. But again, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to the listeners. But we're not done just yet. A couple more pods coming your way. But for now, he is Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the state was phenomenal. <laughs>